Welcome back to Help Yourself, Help Yourself. At this point, you've seen the title of the episode, so you know where this is about to go. If you are easily offended or otherwise have trouble hearing facts, please just click to something else. Go to something else. I don't need the analytics to prove that you were here. I want to speak to people who are willing to listen to objective truths and then make their own determinations from there. The main catalyst for making this episode comes from the recent events that have happened as a result of Kanye West and Candace Owens wearing a shirt with three words on it, White Lives Matter. The fact that that statement is controversial in the first place, to me, is absolutely indicative of the direction this country is going and the quality of people that inhabit it. Now, we've seen cancel culture and all that stuff going on for the last few years, so it's not really a surprise that people are taking up issue. I just felt it's time for rational people to speak up. And they are. I'm one of very many. And there are many more people that have a wider range of influence than me. Not that I have any. But I think everyone that can speak up should at this point. Because the outrage is being based upon an unintelligent way of thinking and reasoning. If I say that I like the color black, it is not intelligent to assume that I hate the color white. And that's exactly what happens in people's brains, in certain people's brains, when they hear one thing. They immediately think the opposite to be true. So when people see the t-shirt, White Lives Matter, In their mind, they are projecting onto Kanye and Candace that black lives do not. How stupid is that? It's pretty stupid. Now, I know all of this outrage is being predicated on previous events, right? We all went through 2020, George Floyd, BLM protests, etc., Now, the reason BLM, Black Lives Matter, and this whole outrage over George Floyd occurred in the first place is because of a false narrative being portrayed by who knows at this point. Lots of conspiracy there, not even worth getting into. But the idea in the people is that black people are being unfairly policed and that we just want to be fairly policed. When all the protests started going on, before I set foot outside and started yelling at people that aren't doing anything, that aren't even the cause of what's happening, I went to go look at the numbers because I wanted to know. Because the term disproportionate means that 
by the size of the population, it's happening more to them. And people are people have repeated that blacks are disproportionately killed by police in compared to white people. My question is, do you want to be killed at a fairer rate? So framing it from a position of disproportionality to me is unintelligent to begin with. If you really want to look at policing and its issues, you look at total numbers across all spectrums. How much in aggregate is this happening? In total, how much is this happening? Not just to blacks, but to everyone. Because that's a more intelligent way to look at the effectiveness or the overuse of modern day policing. And so when you actually go look at the numbers, you will find, and I could only find data from the last five years. I'm looking at the data right here. You will find that white people per year are shot and killed at twice the rate, typically. It, it, it ebbs and flows. White people are shot and killed at twice the rate of black people. Whether or not it's disproportionate compared to the size of each population does not matter. Because nobody should be unjustly shot and killed by police. We're taking an issue that affects literally everyone in America and then we're saying it's unfair for one demographic. The problem is policing and the inherent accountability therein. So we should be looking at police, their unions, their funding, their recruitment. They will literally not recruit someone if they're too smart. That should tell you something. That means there's a point to all of this shooting across the board. Are there racist members of the police? Of course. You know, the same ones that wear badges, wear hoods or whatever. KKK. Yes, they're there. But also, white people getting shot up too. Twice the number every year. Now, if you look at violent crime since 1985. And I have the data here. This is from the Crime Data Explorer generated by the FBI. We are literally in the safest time to be alive. And that's by fivefold, at least fivefold. The graph goes severely down from 1985 as far as all violent crimes are concerned. Now, for the people that are proponents of disproportionate occurrences, outcomes. Let's look at violent crime. Let's look at violent crime disproportionality. If you separate by race, you will find that 50% of violent crimes over the last five years, or excuse me, 10 years, 
are committed by blacks. And I, I'm concentrating on blacks because I'm talking to my people here. I'm talking to the people most vocal about disproportionate. So 12% of the American population is committing 50% of the violent crimes. If you want to talk about disproportion. Now me, an average intelligent person, I'd be like, well, how about we find a way to bring all violent crime down? And it has come down by over fivefold. It is safer now than in any time in history to be alive. And most of the crimes happen at residences. It's not by police. It's not by muggings and all that stuff outside. It's at homes, you know, either, either breaking in or people that are already in the homes. So the offenders, when it comes to all violent crime over the last 10 years, equal number, blacks and whites. And then Native Americans and Asians, they're barely, they're barely doing anything. Good for them. The victim race, victims of violent crimes over the last 10 years. 2.6 million white, 1.5 million black. And that's just all violent crimes. That's over all the subcategories of violent crimes. Let's look specifically at homicide. Homicide means killing other people, people killing people. Over the last 10 years, 36,000, and we're talking about offenders, 36,000 were black. 25,000 were white over the last 10 years. A little disproportionate, right? 12% of the population, blacks, committing more homicides than whites. Victims of homicide over the last 10 years. 33,000 blacks, 26,000 whites. So if you're talking about disproportionate ratios, black people are killing black people primarily. Now, overall, more white people are dying, or excuse me, are victims of violent crime. But when it comes to homicides, black people are the higher percentage of perpetrators and they're the higher percentage of victims. So it seems to me all of this stuff, this cancel culture telling white people to be quiet, sit down, let us talk. You need to turn around and talk to your own people. I saw Lil Boozy's son on Instagram or something burning the Yeezys, talking about we're done with Yeezy. He's going to turn right back around and make a song about shooting black people. Him and his crew are going to go out and commit crimes. I'm not saying they do. Maybe they do. I'm generalizing. Against black people, their own community. So I think what blacks need to do is take a look at where they live. Look, I get it. Snitches get stitches. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to rat out your own to the police and all that. I get it. But take care of your own community. Make change your own community. Talk to your own community. Because what we're talking about is personal choices. How is it a white person's fault that you chose to rob someone in your neighborhood? You chose to pull a trigger. How is that their fault? 
what systematic racism and and lack of opportunity yada yada uh, excuse me you've been to west virginia you seen them poor whites out there what opportunity do they have we all have the same opportunity black people these days love to love to be oppressed they love to be oppressed because it takes the responsibility off their shoulders from having to change their own lives to become better and and then just blame it on white people it's them because they're not giving me opportunity. America is the place where other people from other countries who really don't have opportunity, they come because there is opportunity. The oppression that our ancestors experienced prior to 1965, it doesn't exist anymore. There are no whites-only signs and whites-only fountains and segregated schools. You have access to the same things that white people have. So many blacks are so quick to call out the racism that they see. Do you know how racist I've seen blacks can be? And blacks are are perpetrating this narrative these days. Blacks can't be racist because there's the power dynamic. There's no power dynamic at our level. There's no power dynamic. I have a lot of white friends. They don't have the secret power. And if they have, they just haven't shown me and they're also not benefiting from it. (laughs) So this whole narrative, it really comes down to personal choice. You must choose to let go of the baggage of your belief, of your perspectives, so you can better your own life. Even me, I'm looking at ways to better my own life. I don't see any white people stopping me, to be honest. I'm I'm not going to these real estate conferences and these spaces and being denied entry. I'm not. The only thing that's limiting me from my own success and opportunity is me educating myself and going to get it. And this goes back to the to the the tenets, the 11 practices that I talk about in my previous episodes. If you don't even want to know what opportunity is out there for you, you're going to think there's not opportunity. But there is. All of this crap about oppression that I keep hearing from 20-somethings whose frontal lobe isn't even done developing yet, it's bullshit. If you live in America and you have a device, you have internet connection, if there's mobile, if there's some kind of transit, city transit, or you have your own car, you have all the opportunity you need to put yourself in any position that you want to be in. Personally, and I'm not saying there isn't a problem with police. You heard me earlier. There is a big problem with police. And every day I go on Reddit and there's some cop doing some dumb, something dumb. But personally, I've had interactions with cops. I've been arrested once. I've been detained twice. And I've had other interactions with cops. But even when I got arrested, the experience was, for what it was, positive. Because the police officer still explained everything. He treated me well. Even when he put the handcuffs on, he wasn't rough. He just put them on me. I was detained in Alabama by a police officer for uh, cutting, cutting through a gas station to beat a light. Pulled me over. I had a gun in the car and a bunch of knives. He detained me, did his search, did his check. Everything was fine. 
He let me go. Saw him in court. He even told the judge, hey, you know, this guy was respectful and, you know, he did everything I asked and, you know, he, he was easy to work with. He said that about me, the cop in Alabama. All I got was a fine. And I've had other, action, other interactions with police. And the thing is, is, yes, I'm not saying that if you just comply, you'll be 100% fine because there is a problem with policing. Let me repeat that just in case your little motors get going again. There is a problem. But not every interaction turns out, not every cop is out there to kill you. The majority of cops just want their paycheck, just like you. They have their own lives, their own families, and their own things to worry about and look after. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to be scrutinized. And the thing is, if you look at, if you look at the data, again, the use of force, when you go to the Crime Data Explorer... And you look at the resistance encountered by police whenever they make a stop or a detainment. The number one resistance encountered is failure to comply to verbal commands or other types of passive resistance. Number two, attempt to escape or flee from custody. Number three, displaying a weapon at an officer or someone else. Number four, using a firearm against an officer. Number five, resist being handcuffed. So the thing is, is when people get pulled over, and again, I'm talking to my people here, when y'all get pulled over, you think it's time to argue. They're not your homie. They're not the court. It's not a discussion. Once a cop has engaged with you, you are now in the system. Whether you've had your name taken, whether you have done nothing. So the second you are detained or otherwise in an interaction with a cop, shut up. People think that they can argue their way out. In what video or any instance have you seen where a cop's like, I think you've done this. And then the guy's like, I didn't do that. And he's like, okay, well then see you later. Never. So, but people think that their emotions matter. They do not. Whenever you get in those situations, you shut up and you do what, what they ask you to do. If they're wrong, then you go on the back end later and you get your lawsuit and you get your settlement money, which comes out of taxpayer money, by the way. All that settlement hush money doesn't even come from the cops themselves. We pay for it. All you say, respectfully, to an officer, when you're being detained or questioned, I need a lawyer present. I cannot speak without a lawyer present. But, oh man, no, no, man, no, no. None of that. Even if you're being profiled, even if whatever they're stopping you for or detaining you for is wrong and you know it, shut up. Comply. Get them on the back end. Let a lawyer do that talk. But too many people think that they have this right to argue. And then that's when these situations escalate. The cops are not trying to de-escalate. They're trying to find any reason to meet that quota, any reason to get their numbers up, any reason to be recognized by their organization. And people willingly give them these reasons. It's time to be smart. It's time to be smart these days because everything is working against us. 
And to be completely honest, this whole divide by race, by sex, by anything other than class, this comes down to class wars. In the very end, it's all about class. And the people that have money, they, with money comes power, with power comes influence, and they have divided us so intelligently, it's amazing. They don't even have to say anything. In fact, you idolize them and you want to be them. Because one of the core things about people having power is power corrupts. Abraham Lincoln said it. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. That's why police act up. That's why rich people act up. That's why the banks are acting up. That's why the government acts up because you give any person and you think you're different. The, the, the thing is, is you think you're different. You just don't have the opportunity and the power yet. Because the second you move into those powerful positions, be it economically, politically, socially, it's abused. Because you're human. So this entire thing with Kanye West and Candace Owens, people being outraged, to me it's disgusting. And it's unintelligent. Honestly, I'd rather just go live on the moon by myself. At least talking to a rock is more intelligent than existing in this society. Truth is being turned upside down and people's little feelies are now the standard of operation. I just don't accept it. I told you, logical analysis is how I go forward living my life so that I can have a better subjective experience for myself. And that's what I'm encouraging here on this channel. So if you ask me, white lives absolutely matter. Black lives absolutely matter. Every human life matters. That should not be controversial. And if you have a problem with that, I'm sorry. You're stupid. I'll see you on the next one.